This is Channel Attitude. Your voice. Your right. Your freedom. Hell yeah. Look at that. There we are. <laughs> Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. Of course, the interactive video show where you can be a part of the show. If you're a subscriber, of course, we'll send you an email each week telling you where the Smoke Out is. You can come hang with us either in the private chat on audio, on video, participate in the show, ask questions, smoke out, whatever it is you want to do, hence the name of the show. We are now, of course, exclusively on channelattitude.com. Of course, ShellySJSmokeout.com. You can find the link to Channel Attitude, links to our websites, our Instagram, and our Twitter as well. All of that cool shit. I am Standard Jesus, of course. You can search me. I've done various shenanigans on the interwebs for many, many years. She is Shelly Martinez, model, content creator, former pro wrestler, uh, Hollywood mover and shaker, if you will. And tonight, Pale Shelly. Welcome, Pale Shelly. I know. You saw when I first popped up. I wasn't pale. And then when I did the little video promoting the show that we're going to be going live soon, I wasn't pale. But the like. Now look at you. Look at me. Within oh. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> The lighting, and here's the thing, I have to invest in a better um, light that I have over here. I have a softbox, and it was told to me a long time ago, so it's my fault for not doing this, that because I do have like olive skin or I'm often very tan, that it's not good for me to have this fluorescent light, that I should have the more warmer light. So there you guys have it. <laughs> <laughs> The what we have to go through. I know. Put on the entertainment for the people. I know. I know. But anyways, I'm here, pale and all, but it's okay. Last week I looked great because like I'd say about five hours before the show, I put on my self-tanner. So last week I was real nice and tan. It's faded. And honestly, I thought it was better to take a nap earlier than to put some self-tanner on. So Man. you know. Self-care. <laughs> I guess. Maybe I should have, though. Anyway, if you want to subscribe, of course, channelattitude.com, less than $1 a week. There's also a lot of great shows on there as well. Uh, we're going to have a lot of great guests coming up in future episodes. Uh, tonight, just so you know, we will have part one of Shelly's interview with April Hunter. That should be cool. Um, I assume, Shelly, you want to like like stay on with it and do commentary and stuff like that? Whatever you think. Um, so just... You know? For you guys listening out there, I've um, had a podcast that I was doing called The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Now, The Wake and Bake Morning Show was something that I did with my sister for many years on my Patreon. So if you go to my Patreon page, there's a lot of freaking episodes on there. I think like 90 something. And then I decided to make it like a separate thing because I'm that person that just makes life harder for me. So um but no, for reals, the reason why I wanted to make it pre um, separate was because I understand that not everybody is into like having my sexy exclusive content, whatever. So then we ended up doing the smoke out. So I kind of put that on hold for a bit. And then we went on our hiatus. I brought it back, but I threw it on YouTube and on the Martinez Girls Patreon. And then because I do too much, I commit myself to too much. I was behind in it. And um, let's see, when was this? I think it was in 
when was it? It had to have been in April. Yeah. In April, I ended up interviewing April Hunter for um, the return of the Wake and Bake. But then we came back here on the attitude uh, channel attitude. So I told Stoner Jesus, you know what? Let's just throw it up on here. I have it. So there you have it. That's right. So that'd be toward the end of the episode. Of course, in the meantime, we have great stuff. Usually Shelly comes up with to talk about <clears throat> stuff she wants to get to. Uh, the first topic, of course, is one that we have gone over before on the show and is one of what I like to say the major three pillars of the show. The first pillar, of course, being Shelly's stories and her experiences and stuff. And the other two pillars, of course, being Shelly's booze. So there they are. There you have it. <laughs> Shelly, uh, we haven't had a boob update in quite some time. So what's going on? Yeah. So uh, for those of you who haven't um, watched our shows before uh, last year, I was going through this whole thing where I was having this ugly pain in my boobs. And I would like text all my girlfriends that have implants and I'm like, dude, do your boobs ever hurt? And all of them were like, no. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so I was freaking the F out. And long story short, I realized um, I ended up going to a doctor, getting them checked out, a uh, plastic surgery surgeon surgeon and um they were fine he said they were in really good shape actually and that's when like I was, one of the things i knew that i would want to do by i gave myself the cutoff the age of 50. by the age of 50 if i still have my implants i want to take them out because as lovely as they are they're a big pain and back in the day when I originally was going to get my boob job, it was just going to be a lift. And I had natural D's and they said that they would go to like a full C. So I was like, well, let's just put an implant in there and we'll go double D. And I didn't think about, because I was in my 20s, how you had to keep them up. And it freaks me the F out to be like, A, to get them taken out to put new ones in and then just have to deal with it all together. And then I don't want to be this old ass bitch who like let's say i'm like 70 and something ugly happens like one pops or something and it's like and then i have to go get like no so throughout the years ever since i got my boob job um in my head and i know this is not rational when i'm awake but when i'm in those sleeping kind of moments um i feel like if i put pressure because i sleep on my stomach if I put pressure, um, I full body weight on my boobs while I'm sleeping, I feel they're going to pop. So what I've been doing since I got them done, which was in 2006, I sleep like this. So that like on my pillow. So there's like this wedge with my arms between. So my, my, my boobs aren't totally being squished down. So an update on that stoner Jesus about three, four months ago, I now have issues like all right here from being in this position to where now I can just stretch and I'll have these gnarly cracks that I never had before. I end up getting like really gnarly knots and it's just really painful sometimes. So I'm just like, see, this is just too much. And so now I have a new way of sleeping where like I tuck a pillow and I put my arms under. <laughs> this is terrible. So it's like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> But going back to when I saw the plastic surgeon, I hate admitting this, but I came to find out the reason why they were hurting is because they were getting bigger because I was getting bigger and gaining weight. So 
I was glad to know that was just it, but then I was like, oh, Shelly, come on. That's sad. <laughs> so um, a big part of me gaining weight um, has been a numerous things like not doing wrestling practice every week and wrestling on the weekends, um, being super depressed when I decided to just give up wrestling. Um, and then what really kicked it into gear was when I went off of birth control. I was like, you know, I'm gonna go off birth control. I've been doing it for too long. Like it's too much. And so when I did that, my body just went through it hardcore and hormones, fellas, you'll never freaking know. And I hate you guys for this, but <laughs> they are a bitch and they will F with your whole, like point in case my health issues right now, my whole body's out of whack at the end of the day because of a bunch of hormones. So, um, I got myself back in order. So now I'm not as fat as I was. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just been on my mind that I was like, you know what? I got to take these things out. I was going to send you a photo to pop up on here, but I guess I forgot. I was looking through some old photos and I saw pictures of me with my natural boobs. And what I used to always do, I was like, I just wish they were like this because even though they were D's, they were very saggy, very, very saggy, like not cute. And so I'd always pick them up and be like, I just wish they were like this. And so when I saw these modeling photos of me doing implied where I'm holding, doing the hand bra, I was like, you know what? See, it's going to be all right. Like, you know, get, get that lift that I wanted to, because now it's probably like all this skin from like getting the implant as well. So even though it scares me to think about going under the knife, I'm kind of excited to be like natural. You know what I'm saying? Like in this day and age, no disrespect or judgment to anybody out there who modifies their body. That's if that's what makes you happy. Cool. But I kind of feel it's like, especially here in LA, it's like a rare thing to be natural, not just with boobs, but like so many fillers and this and that and girls faces. And um, I guess I didn't really put myself in that kind of category where I wasn't that girl until I would say the last five years or so. Um, people, I overhear them when I'm like out and about talking about me. And the general vibe is like, kind of like, it's nice to see somebody that has a natural looking face. And God bless my mom, but like, she's one of these people and it's like, I just don't like that look. I know, here's the thing, people, since I was in WWE, try to talk me into doing lip fillers. Dude, I'm fine with my thin ass top lip. Yeah, my bottom lip's nice. My top lip is is needs to be overdrawn. I will just overdraw it. I don't care. Like, I'm just not into that look. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. So it's crazy because... Another thing that I feel I can kind of feel, um, what's the right word? I don't know what the right word is, but it's more like there's so many photos of me out there, whether it was when I had the, in my opinion, gross natural boobs, cause they were all saggy or they were the, these boobs. There's a lot of photos and content out there of me topless. So it'll be kind of nice to be like, no, you cannot see these. 
And I'm really looking forward to that. So I just wanted to give like a little bit of a boob update for all my boob lovers out there. I know some people are like, no, don't do it. But it's like, look, it's going to be fine. They're not going to be as big as this, but they're still going to be big and beautiful. And I love it. <laughs> there you go. Not that anybody asked, but my boobs are fine. <laughs> you still just, haven't freed the nipple. I'm just as fat as I've ever been. And I don't care. <laughs> Cares who knows it. I wish I could say that. <clears throat> um, speaking of comments and like uh, and stuff like that about you, uh, our Instagram, of course, as you see down there, uh, scrolling Shelly S J Smokeout. Um, all of the comments, pretty much exclusively, have been, "We love you, Shelly. You look great, Shelly. You're super hot, Shelly. We love you." Maybe a, po a couple possible stalkers. Who knows? It's kind of annoying, isn't it? I mean, I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to bag on anyone, but it's like, I want to interact with you guys on the show. Like, mm. it's all the same comments, just in different ways. Yeah. And by the way, I haven't got any direct messages yet, but fair warning, whatever you send in direct messages is going to me and not Shelly. Shelly's not going to see your dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> My dick buffer is not going to reach Shelly. I'll tell you. I'm sorry about your luck. Just don't bother. You know, on that topic, it annoys me to no end when you go on my OnlyFans, right? Because mm. it only happens on OnlyFans. You go on my OnlyFans, and I have in my profile what you get for spending your money on there. So to me, a person who I care about what I spend my money on. So maybe that's why I assume everyone else is that same way. They want to know what they're getting for this, you know, money they're spending. I have on there. I will not do topless. It'll never change. Don't ask. And in bold, it says, I do not want to see your penis. If you send it, you are blocked. And it happens here and there. And it hasn't, hasn't happened for a while, but it happened recently. And it's just like, I just don't understand this because if I was a girl on OnlyFans who's like, oh, I'll do your dick ratings, I get it. You're going to send it or whatever. Or if I talk about dude's penis all the time, oh, you know, dick this, penis that. Okay, <laughs> then maybe you'll probably send me a dick pic. But I never do that. So it's so strange to me that these dudes – either aren't paying attention to what they're signing up for or for some reason they just don't care. And then what is it just the getting off of knowing that I saw it? Cause by the way, the last person who did this and you got blocked gross, <laughs> gross. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't, I, I don't understand the psychology behind wanting me to see your penis when I don't talk dirty on my page. I don't flirt on my page. It says in bold, don't do it or you're blocked. It's just so baffling to me. I don't get it. I think there's probably a small percentage of guys who think that you're going to see it. And then you're like, you know what? I do have this policy of no dicks, but I love your dick so much. I'm going to respond to you. And they do this with no evidence. I mean, I guess there's other women on OnlyFans. If they'll, they'll send it, they'll do like the dick ratings, like you say. And those, they'll even remember how bad their dick looks. They're not going to say, Oh, your dick sucks, unless they're it's like they're, you know, their thing, like they're a dominatrix or humiliation or whatever. 
most of them are say, oh yeah, you know, nine out of ten, you know, good job, guy. And I guess he gets like a sense of, hey, you know, I got a nine out of ten. I'm gonna go show it to uh, as many people as I can and see what kind of uh, what kind of fish I can snag or something. I don't know. And I guarantee you, these dudes <laughs> that come at me like this, if I saw them in person, they would have a hard time talking to me, or they would be shy or reserved. But it's like because it's the internet. They think they just can, no pun intended, willy-nilly, send me these pictures. It's just like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Don't you care about your $20? Like, don't you care? And the thing that's annoying to me is OnlyFans didn't used to always do this. But when you block somebody, it refunds them their money. Why? I should still get that money. I had to go and see that damn dick. Why do I have to be punished and they get their money back? It's like... They're the ones that that's my rule. That's my boundary. They broke that rule. So why do they get their money back? I should be able to keep it, but whatever. I still think some guys are on the impression that women react <clears throat> to dick pics the same way that they would react to someone sending the pick of pick of their boobs in messages. They think it's like equivalent and it's not women don't react the same way to that kind of stuff that men do. Obviously if a man gets a picture of boobs, you say, oh, that's cool. Those are boobs. He may show them to other people. We may, you know, forward to his buddies or whatever. But uh, women aren't like that. When you send them a dick, they're like, oh, great, a dick. I've been waiting for this all day. Thankfully, someone sent one finally. You know, fellas out there, <laughs> I have a dick in my life that is very, very luscious and great to me. I don't care about anyone else's dick. I'm not hard up for dick. So please keep your dicks to yourself. You think I'm gonna sit here and be like, oh, let me just get off your dick? No, dude. No. That's a good meme. Shelly's saying, I'm not hard up for dick. Don't <laughs> work on that. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, speaking of dick, kind of, as I transition as the professional broadcaster that I am. Another subject on the chopping block, and it's a dick pun, thank you, um, is uh, <laughs> age gaps in dating between uh, men or women. What's, what, uh, what was the catalyst for this, Shelly, that you want to talk about it? Okay, I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> this is something that I know it's dumb, but it really bothers me. Okay. So there's this news anchor that used to be on the news that I watched. Excuse me. And um, she hasn't been there for a long time, but I follow her. I really, really like her, um, the way she posts on Instagram and everything, uh, very lifestyle, showing places in LA and stuff like that. She's had this boyfriend now for a few years and it creeps me out because he looks like her son <laughs> and before she started dating, she was married to this guy who was very unattractive, uh, looked older in the broadcasting business, I believe. Um, and I remember her saying on the news when she was on there that they slept in different rooms, which Whatever works for people works for people, but the people I've known personally that do that, 
they don't have a good relationship. I'm not saying all people that do that don't, but I'm just saying personally, the people I know that have told me that that's the deal. They're not intimate with their partner. It's almost like a business arrangement at that point. Finances normally is what it is. So I was kind of like, oh, that's so sad, you know? And the thing is, is like this chick, she always looks like she's going to cry in her photos. I don't know if that's just, and I used to watch her in the news and I didn't get that vibe. Like, why does she look like she's about to cry in the verge of tears? But whether she was with the husband or now, when she's supposed to be all happy with this young guy that looks like her son, it just creeps me out. And when the last dude I dated in wrestling, he was nine years younger than me. That's the first time I ever did something like that. I've always dated guys around my age or way older. And it creeped me out. And to this day, sometimes I have a really hard time forgiving myself for being in such a dark place that I allowed this relationship to happen because, ew, it, it's gross. And um, so I couldn't help but think like, you know, I've done, I feel like this guy for this chick that I'm talking about is way more than just nine years younger. He seems like, she's like in her fifties and he seems like maybe he's in his early thirties or something. Um, and it's just crazy. And then I know a girl who she hangs out with guys in her twenties and she's in her fifties. And recently I saw that she had post, she was hanging out with one of these guys and he looks like he's 16 years old and he's not, he's in his twenties. And I'm just like, this is creepy. And then I got to thinking, I thought it'd be a good thing to talk about here. Cause you know, to hear what your thoughts are. I'm not saying that it's okay or that it should be okay when it's like a guy in his fifties dating 20, like when I was 20 in my twenties, I was dating guys in their late thirties, forties and fifties. Mm -hmm. So I've been there and the difference I felt was the older they were, they had their like life kind of situated. Whereas me in my twenties, I didn't, I was still working on my career. So when I'm seeing like this newscaster, now she's pu pushing that he has, he's music now, he has music coming out. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like, I feel from being, and then when I dated that guy that was younger than me, his wrestling career was nowhere near what I was at. I had already accomplished when I dated him. And it was crazy because I was used to guys taking me out. Like we have a good, like adults, no offense, but we have a good time. This guy would just like, when I go visit him, he would just like sit there and want to play video games. And I remember one time we actually went out and I got ready. He was like, you know, you didn't have to put makeup and everything on. And I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? Like, and then the girl he ended up cheating on me with was closer to his age. I think they were the same age. And it made sense to me when they ended up becoming a couple afterwards. Cause it's like, she has no problem just sitting there playing video games and going to go out to eat and just look like you rolled out of bed. I care. Like that's the kind of girl I am. So it just makes me wonder with these people, these girls, that's why I'm saying like, 
it creeps me out. It still creeps me out when guys do it too. Like there's this musician that I used to be all about and he ended up marrying somebody like a year or two ago. And last time I saw like his Instagram, he was like, happy 21st birthday. And he's in his forties. And I was like, <laughs> and I'm not saying that It's just, it weirds me out because where my mind was in my 20s versus just even to my 30s and then to my 40s is so different. And so it's like, I, I have a hard time when people that end up being in those relationships and they'll talk to me about it. It's almost like, this is, this is my experience. They, first of all, know how I am. So they know, I'll tell them what I think if they ask and they know it's not going to be what they want. So instead what they do is they try to convince me, well, I'm just having fun and like da, 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 da. And it's like all these, like they're trying to convince themselves while they're trying to convince me. And I just think it's weird and creepy because you can't, I, in my opinion, argue that you're just a different person in the, those 20 years to the 30 years to the 40 years. And then these people that are in their fifties dating these 20 year olds what do you really have in common? I feel it's just like a, what, a midlife crisis, lust. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking that first of all, that say a guy in his 20s and a woman in her 50s, since women mature much faster than men, I got to think that the maturity levels have to be so far apart. It's like a 70-year-old with a 10-year-old. I, I can't think of anything that they would have in common, but uh, it's definitely a, a thing of perspective. I would know, I know that myself and most guys would agree with me that <clears throat> and this comes up a lot when um like when hot teachers are with their students or or whatever those stories are in the news if it's a 35 year old dude with like an 18 year old girl that's creepy as fuck but an 18 year old dude with a 35 year old woman most guys would be like you know way to go dude like if a 16 year old or a 15 year old in high school he's banging his hot 32 year old teacher and she's giving him weed and you know taking him to her house or whatever most guys are like, that's fucking awesome. Because we remember like, well, we were like when we were 15 to 16 and how awesome it would have been for something like that to happen to one of us. But on the flip side, obviously, if it's a 32-year-old dude and he's having sex with a 15-year-old girl, that's rape and it's gross as fuck. And you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who would say, yeah, that's, you know, that's cool. But again, the perspective is so wildly different that, you know, it's just, it's just different from, from the male perspective when it comes to young guys as opposed to young girls, you know, I know when I was 15, if a hot teacher was like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know what the hell I was doing, but I would have given my best fucking shot. I'm like, sure. Yes. Your house weed. Let's, let's do that. Whatever. You know, tell me what I need to do. Cause <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a, uh, like I said, the maturity levels. I mean, I imagine like, you know, a 40-year-old guy probably has more of a maturity, more in common with a 20-year-old girl in her 20s or a woman in her 20s than, like, the the flip side, an older woman and a younger guy. Like you said, it's just like, you know, you're basically watching play video games or, you know, hanging out in his mom's basement or whatever it is you're doing. It's uh, Dude, the guy <laughs> lived in his friend's basement. Like, I remember the first time I went to visit, he lived in Rhode Island. So I went to go visit, and the first time I went into his room, I was like, my heart and soul sunk. I was like, 
what stuff rustling figures in his head. What am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And I just remember pretty much our whole relationship. I used to call my friend at the time and I would just be like venting about how I just didn't think it was a good idea. And it, I think I was so, I was such in a dark place that, and I hadn't been with anyone for a long time. Um, prior to that guy, I had a boyfriend for like a little bit, but before him, I hadn't been with anyone for years. And when it didn't work out with the other dude and what happened with that was I used to say that it was my most genuine breakup because we realized we just were not meant for each other. But then I've taken that back since then because he tries to like talk about me like, I don't know how to say it. He talks bad about me, this dude, because he just talks about like the things that I talked to him about, whatever. And so I think when all that stuff started coming out, that's when I felt kind of fooled. Like, oh, like that wasn't what I thought. He wasn't this like genuine guy or whatever. So when I got with this young guy, he, what he did, because I remember he admitted to me, he's like, yeah, I used to be at the gym and I would just listen to your podcast for like, I'd be on the cardio machine for over an hour. So he was doing his homework on who I am and what I'm about. And so he pretended to be that. And then when I went to visit him and it wasn't just seeing him at the show or being on the phone with him and I was in his habitat, it was hard for him to keep up that act. And by then he was already being shady with the girl that he had cheated on me with. And so it was one of those things where I was just like realizing what the real reality was. It was almost like, this is why I tell people I'm not for online dating. Not that I've ever done it. I've just never really trusted it because I always felt like people can pretend to be anybody. You just don't know. And I can relate to that because even though I met this guy through work, which was wrestling at the time, you know, you only know someone so much if you just see them at shows or you're just on the phone with them. So it's kind of like the same thing. Like, you know, you don't really know them until, like I said, I was in his habitat in this basement of it. Cause he had told me that he was a trainer at the gym, which I was like, cool. And he also told me he was a trainer at the wrestling school. Dude, the only people he trained at the gym were people from the wrestling school. And he didn't know what he was talking about, giving bad advice. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. The reason why he trained at the school was because later it came out, part of his deal with living in his friend's basement was that he would be the trainer at his school. So it wasn't like he was getting paid for it. And wow. so he made it seem like, like for me being a wrestler, oh, he's a personal trainer. And then he's a trainer at the wrestling school. And then he wrestles on the weekends. That sounds pretty good. Dude, it was all a facade. And I just couldn't believe it. And we've talked about on the show before, I'm a stage five clinger. So if I sleep with somebody, I try my best to make it work out of feeling guilt that I have to because I had sex with him. So when that happened between him and I, I just remember being like, that's why I stuck it out. We were only together for six months. And throughout that six months, most of it was just through phone calls and video calls, like whatever. So it just like, it just creeps me out. And like, like I said, sometimes I'm fine with it, 
but it makes me so disappointed and feel gross that I was with this like kid and like, that's what he was. And he put himself into this package that made him look like he wasn't that. And then when I saw the deal, I was just like, what am I doing? So I can't help but think like, does this like newscaster chick, is that what she ever feels? Is that why she looks like she's about to cry in all these photos? Like, or am I just like a person with an opinion and people could totally be in love and have a healthy relationship and have this huge age gap? Well, I don't know this woman. I have no idea who she is or, you know, I've ever seen her in my life or know anything about her, but I'd imagine there's times maybe a lot when he does something and she says in her head, Oh, this fucking kid. <laughs> I'm going to send you her Instagram right now. What am I going to do with this fucking kid? <laughs> so I said for older women, it's got to be horrible. Cause you meet a 25 year old dude. You think he always 25. He's got his shit together. He don't have his shit together. He and it's okay. Yeah. You know, that's okay. That you're young. It's okay to not have your shit together at that point. But don't be expecting it. That's for sure. Okay, tell me she doesn't look like she's with her son in this photo. Did you send it on Twitter? No, I sent it on the private chat. Oh, okay. There we go. Let's see what we got here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Doesn't that look like she's with her son? Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't she look like she's going to cry? Oh, his latest song, Major Holidays. Hold on. Let me bring this up. You got to get his... We gotta find his music. That'd be awesome. Oh, I heard it. Because <laughs> I was trying to like make sense of the whole thing. Uh, oh, let's do his latest song, Major Holidays. Just dropped. Oh, she's using the slang for the kids. His his music just dropped. She's proud of him like a mom. That's what I mean. It's so let's weird. That's who the dude is. Ooh, his first show's coming up. That'd be awesome. Let me see. Should be able to hear this. Well, hold on. Three o'clock at the door lock. Got your number to try something or go slow out your head. Never miss a spot down there. Trust me. If you touch me, won't be no sleep. Good for her. And She's then check out this, this photo. I just sent you another link to a specific photo. Now, that specific photo was when I was like, man, this is really like creepy to me. No offense to her at all. I ended up, I ended up unfollowing her because it bothered me so much. Let's see. <laughs> Looks like a suit jacket is too big for him. She's got him some clothes at the big boy store. Let me pull this one up. Oops. Come on. There we go. <laughs> That's her clothes. She literally just bought him. And Three. I feel so bad. I'm not trying to hate, but it's just weird to me. And then I think about, I remember when I was with the young guy, my cousin, who is no longer on my Facebook anymore, 
because he's an asshole. But he was right. He put, he looks like a, and then he put a slur for a gay person. I don't want to say the word, but I just, I would, let me see if I can pull up that picture. I'll pull it up. But see if it's in the uh, internets here. I'm sure it is. But when I saw that picture, we took this photo because we did like this couples wrestling tournament. I was like, what the hell am I doing with this guy? <laughs> it. oh, it's not popping up. I can't even From remember. his perspective, he's got him a cougar and like, that's cool as shit. And like his bros are like, yeah, man, you know, stay on that gravy train, you know, hit that shit or, you know, whatever people say nowadays, whatever slang they use. <sighs> Dude. <laughs> Like, I remember, oh, God, let's see. I remember um, when I first went to um, visit him, and we were, like, on this show together. How can I send you this? Share. We went to the show together, and he was like, yeah, people are congratulating me. And I was like, what? Congratulating you? What the hell? This isn't the photo I was talking about, but this just shows you the, what am I doing? And you can see on my face, I'm very like, what am I doing? Whoops, wrong button. There we go. Come on. I think I'd be good at this by now. I wish I could find the couple's photo. Like, what am I doing? My face says it all. <laughs> this dork. Oh, I won't get any bigger. Let's, oh. zoom in out. Let's see. Oh, Maybe well. if I go on my Facebook here, because I think I haven't deleted it. I, here's the thing. One thing I do, I don't really do is delete photos, even if I hate the people, because I feel it's good for me to look back sometimes and be like, oh, God, the good thing I'm not in that situation anymore. It's got a lot of belts. What's that? You got a lot oh, of belts. God. <laughs> Sick. <coughs> oh. uh, I wish I might have to look for it when I have some time and then I'll I'll have to send it to you but I just remember when I called the dude out on like cheating on me he just kept saying I think I was let's see 14 I think I was 34 or something 35 and I just remember he kept saying you're 34 years old like why are you acting this way? And he just kept throwing my age in my face. It was so ugly. I was just like, dude, this guy is like a kid. Like, I just can't. And like, to, like I said, to this day, like sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't really have regrets in life because, you know, I really truly feel that every experience you have just makes you who you are. And forever, I was like, I don't know what good came out of me being with this person, except me being ashamed that I was ever with him. But what's interesting is when we, when I broke up with him, I was at a convention and this wrestler girl came up to me and she was like, yeah, I used to be friends or I'm with friends with his ex-girlfriend. And she was telling me these stories and they were very similar to the things he had done to me. And I said, that's really interesting because he told me the reason why he didn't have a car was because his ex-girlfriend got drunk and crashed it. She said, that's what he told her when she was dating. 
So he has this story of that's why he doesn't have a car. He was always borrowing his the people who he lived with's car. And like it was like these stories that he would tell me about his ex-girlfriend. So what ended up happening is me and the ex-girlfriend ended up talking. And to this day, <laughs> she's one of my best friends. <laughs> we are so homies. Like she, I went took her to get her first tattoo when she came to California to visit. Like I'm all up in her personal life these days. So I always, whenever I feel guilty and disgusted with myself, it's like I would never be friends with my friend Jen had I not gone out with this dude. And another thing that I try to remind myself of is that shortly before hooking up with this dude, there was this wrestler. I'm not going to say any names. I don't want any trouble. But he was, he and I were friends for really like many years, like 10 years. And he would always try to hook up with me and he was married. And so I was like, no, dude, you're married. Like, no, dude, you're married. And so one day he was in town. We hooked up. I remember after we had sex, I was like, you finally got what you wanted. Like, I was just like, ugh. (laughs) and he told me, he swore to me he wasn't married. He didn't have his wedding ring on it then. So I was like, okay, maybe something happened, you know? Hmm. And so what happened is like, this is why I was against Snapchat for so long. I hadn't been on Snapchat yet. It was pretty new. And I remember after he dropped me off, he sent me this topless picture of him in his hotel and it was a snap. So I had to like click it and like download it. And I was like, dude, how many other chicks is he sending this to you? I'm not stupid. And so I remember he was like, I don't know, because at the time, Danielle and I, we were living in a studio apartment with my dogs, just like so broke. And he was like, I don't know why you just don't let me take care of you. Like, let me put you in a good apartment to get you a car, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how about you just get me my job back at WWE? Because at that time, that's how desperate I was. And he was like, I, he was like, I don't even work there. I was like, dude, you're so-and-so you're a legend. Like, how like you just had to call them and he was like no no and so that's when i was like dude i see what's going on here he just wants all the control and like he doesn't he wants me to depend on him so when he comes into town whatever and so i was like dude i'm not in wrestling there's this term that we've talked about before but if for some of you don't know like there's this term called rats or ring rats i was like i'm not one that groupies I'm like, I'm not one of your rats, like whatever. And so like I cut communication with him. And then shortly after that is when I got with this young guy. And so I really feel it was like, I really believe that this person wasn't married anymore. And I thought like maybe there could have been something there because we were friends for so long. So we had a lot in common. Like we got, I liked his presence. We had always had a good time. So I thought, okay, maybe there is something. And I was down to date him. But when I saw all of this, like, (sighs) let me put you up. No, dude. And especially like if he really was my friend, why wouldn't he put in a call for WWE? I'm glad he didn't because I have no business being there. But I feel that that just really effed with me that that's why I fell for this, like this dude, I got to find this picture because you are going to laugh at me forever. (laughs) I I would, if I saw somebody send me this picture, I would make fun of them forever too. But um, yeah. So like when I talk about dating and it creeps me out younger, too much, too younger of people for you. I'm talking from experience because 
it was like always on my mind, especially when the fantasy part of it was over and it was the basement, like, (laughs) and the worst part is he told me that he was a recovering alcoholic and, um, drug user. And then come to find out when I became friends with his ex, he has no problem. Like he says that to like be part of his like shtick. And she's not the only person to tell me that there's been other girls who came forward to me and they're like, I'm so sorry. He did that to you. Like I used to hang out with him and da da da. And I'd be like, was he an alcoholic? They're like, no, we totally like used to, he would drink and it would just be like normal, like, or he'd smoke and it'd just be like normal. So like, it's like, and I think it's sick because there was this time, this wrestler was really a down and out online and people knew, like, I think he was real effed up at a show and people were giving him real heat for it. And then my ex tweeted him because I followed this wrestler and I saw it and he was like, I know how it is. I'm here for you. And I was like, dude, that is so sick because you don't know how it is. And now you're over here to try to get the rub. Like, I hope my ex now that he's older, because that was a long time ago, has grown up some. Cause I don't keep up with him. I don't talk to anyone that keeps up with him or knows him. So I have no idea, but for his sake and other people's, I hope he got his crap together because uh, it's just sick to be that reckless. Right. Another picture. Ugh. Have of course the uh, interview with April Hunter coming up. We'll play the first part of, um, I was thinking Shelly, yes. maybe the best way to do it. Is for you to say, you know, whatever preview that or whatever, you know, we want people to know about what's coming up. And then we just play it. uh, And it's, you know, like the first 25 minutes or whatever. And then come back at the end and you can say, you know, whatever thoughts you had. Yeah, totally. First part and then preview the second part for the next episode. And uh, that'll be cool. Yeah, I agree. If you need to, like, you know, tell me anything, you do it in the chat or Twitter or whatever. And I'll be here chilling. All right, this hold real quick. This isn't the photo. I'm at to tweet tweet it to you because I'm on my phone here. This isn't the photo, but this just shows you how we were. This is not a good match. And not only that, he was a person who he grew. He knew I had a Jesus fetish, and so he grew this beard that was real awkward, just because of me. Ugh. Anyways, <laughs> and then I'm done talking about it. <laughs> Uh, there you go good times not good times <laughs> hashtag uh, oh shit okay Shelly uh, what do you want to tell us about this uh, this interview with April well it was really awesome because I've known April for a really really long time and I say this in the interview even though I've known her for a long time I don't know a lot about her. Like, yes, we've had cool conversations, deep conversations, whatever, but I didn't know a whole lot about her background, specifically how she even got involved in wrestling. Like, and this interview really showed me why I've always clicked with her and um, why I continue to click with her. Cause I feel that from knowing her back in the day until now, I've seen growth in her and 
yet she's still the same silly, sexy April Hunter. And I just think that's really cool because there's not a lot of people in wrestling I could say that I've had a bond or a friendship with that um, I've seen that with. That's why I hardly talk to anybody in wrestling anymore because it's like we just went different directions. So it was really cool to understand why I just love April Hunter's energy. There you go. So like I said, we'll uh, play the first 25 minutes or so. I'll try to find a natural stopping point or, uh, you know, demarcation point or whatever between parts one and part two. And uh, Shelly and I will be back to wrap things up and talk about the first part of the interview, preview the second part of the interview and all that cool shit. So without further ado, Shelly Martinez interviewing April Hunter. Enjoy. April Hunter. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. <coughs> Shit, is that right? <laughs> say that, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. You're stuck in some shit over. Literally, yes. And my, my dog's barking at the same time. That, yes. It's, hey, hey, stop. He thinks because I'm talking to you. Obviously, someone's at the front door. So I understand. Uh, Minnie, my Chihuahua, it's so learned over the last year that when people say hi, like hi, like on a uh, Skype or whatever, when I was like Skyping with family. She would go nuts. So now we know when people say high, high pitch or buy by like high pitched, yep. she goes nuts. She'll just be like, oh, it's so weird. That's what he, he's doing. He's new. I only got him. He was rehomed to me two months ago. So I've got a young one and an old one. And they are making me work. So this one's chewing everything. The other one's, you know, an elder. So I can't imagine. So you got the elder, how old the elder, or do you got Uh He's only 12, but he's a hard 12. Like, he's been one of those, an old pit bull who's been hit by a car and was living on the streets and has scars all over him. It's that kind of 12. So that's exactly what he looks like. Cool. Bless his yeah. heart. Bless your heart, because that's a lot. Like, you know, so you got the the pit bull, and then the, what's the other dog again? Uh, the other one is a corgi. Um, he was dropped off from Georgia to my house because of some, someone couldn't keep their Corgi and uh, they knew that I'd had a couple of them and they knew the breed. So now I've got another one, even though I didn't want one. So everyone watching out there, I just want to give you this little disclaimer. I was on April show, the A show um, quite a few weeks mm -hmm. back. We talked about a lot of really awesome stuff. So if I were you, I would push pause right now and actually go chump out. Almost <laughs> like I'm going to take this as we're going to continue the conversation. So let's just start it off. Where can people find the A show? So if you push pause right now. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, they can find us on Patreon, the A show, or on Twitch TV, the A show. And we're live every Tuesday nights at 7:30 Eastern. So that's 4:30 your time, I think, right? Awesome. So. And so on there, you had said the story of your Corgi, and I just thought it was such a beautiful story. So like you guys go push pause and go watch it because it's really awesome. Um, you know, I just wanted to take this time to like, you know, you and I have known each other for a really long time, but that doesn't mean like we know a lot, a lot about each other. So this is just my cheap way of getting to know April Hunter even more. <laughs> <laughs> and with all the fans out there. So, of course, I'm going to have to ask you the ultimate question. I'm sure you've got asked a gazillion times, but I want to hear from you. How did you start wrestling? Oh, boy. I have I have 
answered this plenty of times, but uh, it, it never gets old. So it was a weird roundabout way of getting into wrestling. It was through Playboy. So I started doing um, fitness stuff and Playboy was looking for someone to do their hard bodies issue. And I happened to be in there the same time as um, Kimberly Page and DDP was in there. So WCW saw that and then kind of recruited me. So that's how I got in. How I'm still in is a uh, lack of sanity, obviously. So. <laughs> so you got in, you were doing your stuff with WCW. Mm -hmm. How did you like transfer that to like you still you went and did indies you did the whole thing where there's a lot of girls who may have been in your situation that they're like okay done that like next you know mm -hmm. um well when i left there they weren't doing anything with me and somebody from wwf or wwe now um contacted me to come over to Los Angeles after WrestleMania. And then he sent me, or they sent me to Killer Kowalski's to get trained. Um, and while I was there, this is, this is the story of my life. While I was there, ECW and WCW folded. Um, so I got lost in the shuffle. So, so then I started going to Japan and England and Puerto Rico and there was that. So why, why did I do it? I don't know. It just seemed like the next, next logical step. I'd been doing fitness modeling and pinup modeling for so long. I was like, uh, I've done it. Let me try something else. So that's what I love about you. And I feel like that's why I've always bonded with you. I've talked about a little bit on your show was you were already doing the modeling and already establishing yourself before wrestling came into play. And so it's like, you're the old school, like, girl out there living in this dot-com age with yeah. fans and patreon and whatever other ones are out there now there's so many and uh it's just so interesting because we ta again talked on your show about seeing that kind of transition and the haters and now they have them and all this and yeah. it's, it makes so much sense though to me how you just fell into wrestling really i mean like i said you could have just been like whatever but you continued and i don't know i just you to me always stood out you were always different to me and <laughs> Thanks. So really, like, <laughs> wew days oh mm -hmm. god <laughs> for those of you that don't know ww don't worry about it <laughs> right exactly exactly <laughs> Although, although for some weird reason the, the like the worst matches ever are playing all the time on Tubi and what's the other channel that they're on peacock i mean like you can catch these we're on tv now regularly of course of course now that we're not doing much of course and um yeah and some of some of the worst matches ever so yeah dude i was like two years into wrestling and i just remember like being nervous and being thrown into situations that I was oh, just yeah. like, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. It was just such a weird, but I'm grateful for that chaos that I had with them because it really painted the picture for what lied ahead. It, yeah. And like, I remember we would get paid for one show, but end up filming at least two, sometimes three and four. 
like the pay was deplorable. So it cracked me up when people ask me, they're like, oh, are you getting royalties for that? I'm like, <laughs> royalties for what? You know, like that stuff has been around over and over again and played and played and played. And somebody's making money from it, but the ones who were on it to make it are not getting paid. So there you go. So, hey, join our Patreon, Patreon April Hunter. Uh, join everybody, you know, there you go. But um, yeah, no, it's like, you would get thrown into that mix and all of a sudden you have all these matches and everyone is new and there's no time to talk anything over. And it's just like, okay, you just got back from another one. Okay. Now you're in a tournament. Go. And it's like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm new at this. So you just, you, you hope for the best, you know, that's all you can effing do is hope for the effing best. I remember there was a guy, one of the guys in charge, um, Years later, when I, like, made it to WWE, he was, like, he called me, like, threatening me. He was, like, you've been burying me and this and that. And I'm, like, what are you talking about? And, like, the only thing I ever said was about the pay because I I was under the impression, and maybe this was my fault being young and dumb, but when they were, like, you're going to get, like, a couple hundred dollars per uh, per whatever event or whatever i was thinking we're filming her for show yeah yeah so got the check i was like what and i was i asked questions yeah yeah their, their wording on event means however many shows we can mash into the time that you're here you're <sighs> getting the same pay no matter if it's one or eleven so we don't care <laughs> And so like that was the only real negative thing at that time I had really said. So I was really taken back that this guy was like, I could ruin your name and you think just because you got signed that I can't ruin it for you. And so then later when I like got more involved and like got a better like, you know, my spot, I started asking questions and people like laughed and rolled their eyes at them. They're like, what are you talking? Oh my God. And that guy, he made me feel like I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh. And like, all I said was the truth. And it's like, oh, well, like, so what if I was bitching about the pay? And it was so strange. I'll never forget that. And that guy since has tried to be like cool with me online. I will. I, I'm real petty sometimes. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> See, I'm opposite. I will, I will, I will let them be friendly to me. And then if, you know, something comes around in the future where I can make the money from them again, I'll just triple charge them. See, I'm, I'm petty. That's why I, I'm so broke for so many years because I like. Did you I, say broke or woke? Are you broke or woke? Both. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah hand. I know, I know. Good. If you woke, if you woke, you're gonna go broke. It seems like we're, we're, fi we're finding that out. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's who I am. Like, here's the thing: when I'm petty about things, to me, like, yeah, me, I am letting my ego get like the best of me and whatever but i never am petty with like ugly vibes behind it if it makes sense like if i'm going to be like you screwed me over so i will never i don't care how broke i told that to a couple of people i don't care how broke i am i'll never take a dollar from you i pulled a promoter to that and and like i stayed true to it and they would offer me money and i was always you know how life works always when i was super broke they're like hey this easy man yeah. just come to the show and I'm like, nope, you're a pig. I will never take your money. And so, like, oh, I don't. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. I don't do it to be like 
F you, blah, blah, blah. It's more like, no, this I'm, is I'm, I'm Henry Hill all the way. F you, pay me. So it's like, <laughs> F you, pay me. So pay me. So if if you have the, if I have the opportunity to work with you again, I won't remember what you've done. And I'll be like, okay, it's cool, whatever. Da, da, da. I'll just, you know, quietly on the DL, tell the other girls, hey, watch out with that person. Like I used to do that. And then I kept getting mixed up with these yahoos. And I was just like, this isn't worth it. So when I get to that point with people, it like I've allowed them to take, take, take for me to work. Yeah. Like, you know what? There's no effing way. Like, screw you. Like, I will not. There's people in the customs world. I will never. Oh, and I love when they send their fillers out. I'll be like, especially when I know my shoots are if they will. Yep. So I know so-and-so's going to come, and there they are. And I'm like, nope, I don't want your money. I don't want it. Nope, nope. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll take your money. <laughs> and you're going to cover travel and hotel and my pet fee and everything now. But I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'll just take my little internet money and run. So something that we talked about that I've been thinking about so much since I was on your show mm -hmm. is you said something that just really resonated with me. And we were talking about, uh, you know, life and you know, you had mentioned, you said something to the effect of like, what if like God knew that you're going to have a hard time. So maybe he made you attractive. So it helps you. It's like, I've been so obsessed with like, yeah, you bringing that thought up. So for my viewers here, can you kind of just reiterate that? Uh, yeah. So there was, you know, I have these, all these, I think too much. I'm alone a lot. So I start thinking, you know, um so my theory was i had to do with incarnating or reincarnating so you know i feel like there's a possibility that when we choose to incarnate we're also given a little bit of like a time stamp or a qr code in a way that light workers you know the the mediums the palm readers the, you know some of them the legit ones can kind of decipher and tell us hey way like you're way off path this is not your purpose over here you're supposed to be over here so like there are these decoders out there that can figure our shit out if we find the right, you know, if we find legitimate ones. But I also wondered if um, when we incarnate, if we innately know, like, you know, somebody, something knows that we're going to have a hard time because coming around this time, we're fixing a lot that we couldn't get right before. So we're going to be facing a lot. So as a trade-off, you know, the Supreme being will stand there and be like, you got a lot of hard work ahead of you. This is not going to be an easy trip, this one, but I'm going to make you hot as fuck so that life isn't terribly hard on you. It's going to be hard. Don't get me wrong. And you're still going to get backlash for being hot, but still at the end of the day, I'm going to make you hot and it'll help smooth out the other things you're dealing with. The fact that your family's gonna suck, you're gonna have a hard upbringing, your relationships are gonna be eh, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, not only in like those exact terms have I been thinking about it, but then I think about the opportunities that I've gotten, like, for example, being in the personal lives of very high profile celebrities mm -hmm. because I was in these people's personal life. 
I saw a side of what comes with being that famous and some of the prices that are paid for that. Mm -hmm. And for me, it allowed me to be like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good. And so I've watched other people who maybe have gotten the same opportunities, but then they're like, well, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. And that's where I'm going to go. And so I've seen, especially like some of my friends that I've had in the past become like super famous in wrestling or uh, in acting. And I've seen that difference. And I really truly feel that, what, like thinking back to what you were saying and on that line is like, I was gifted to be hot so that mm -hmm. I could be in the these people's lives. So I could mm -hmm. see that because to me truly, that saves so much to see truly what goes on in entertainment firsthand mm -hmm. that really helped me and that's why with wrestling i was able to not take it so serious like i took it i cared about it but you know what i mean like yep. these people take it live, it live and die by it yeah i know who's you know the it, they write for you to win a title doesn't mean you're better than people like you know those people but some of those people are the most famous of wrestlers so hey that's cool whatever and so like that's another example of like just thinking about this and i've been sharing it with my sister i'm like oh my gosh like think about it <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it's just it's like a crazy theory i have a few of them i what's the other one? i write down this crazy shit. so um you probably know all these because you're pretty like um, self-aware and and you know study study the metaphysical speakers and stuff. But I was I was I was at a, like a class on Saturday for you know metaphysical and it was like three things to conquer fear. And the first is you ask yourself, how are these thoughts serving me? How are these thoughts serving me right now? The second is you sit with the fear and ask where did this false belief come from and sometimes you really have to dig deep on that like where did it originate from that it's coming out now um you know like maybe you're like oh i'm turning 40 i'm not married i don't have kids i am a failure but realistically that's a false belief that society might have instilled when you, you were younger thinking you have to have a white picket fence uh, in a house and a husband and two two kids by the time you're you know 38 years old or you're just a failure and that's not your belief that's just a false belief that somebody else decided was you know okay so the third one is your purpose is greater than the sum of all your fears so you have to keep moving so the thing that that got me was it says intuition um shows us the future path and our past doesn't have to be our future so a lot of people think that their past is going to be the future and they have all these fears and the fears paralyze them and keep them from moving forward. Whereas in reality, our intuition will guide us forward the right way. We just can't get intuition confused with, you know, instinct because sometimes instinct is not necessarily, um, it's kind of, sometimes it's built off of our past rather than the future. I don't know if that makes sense because just yesterday you know i got covid like oh, almost two weeks ago mm -hmm. so i'm like on the mend of it and yesterday was the first time i was able to walk my dog 
because I just been laid up. Mm-hmm. So I was walking with my man and we we're walking with the dog and because of the conversation we were talking about, it was really deep. And all of a sudden I started to have a panic attack and I started freaking out. And then I felt like I was gonna pass out. And mm-hmm. the reason why was because what we were talking about was very true, real stuff that's going on in life right now. Mm-hmm. That I don't even feel comfortable talking about on here because of I'm a I'm a tin foil hat wearer, so that's okay. come and get me. That is that is not necessarily true anymore. Like the conspiracy theorists have actually been pretty freaking accurate the last two and a half years. So you can't rule anything out. I know that's just my attempt at humor. At don't come for me. <laughs> There's other people out there that are in position to talk about these things. I'm not one of them. <laughs> but I was talking about some deep stuff that was really freaking media about. Mm-hmm. And the whole fear goes back to, and to me, my biggest fear in t- my entire life has been death. Because at a very really? young age, I was exposed to very violent, ugly stuff. And death, lots of death, seeing dead bodies, like I'm just traumatized. And because of my family's background, them being like in gangs and things like that. The phone in the middle of the night always means something bad. So it's just like, I have been grown up in this fear. And so I've been trying, I love hearing this because that's what I went to yesterday. Like instead of turning around right away, I just took a deep breath. I said, okay, this isn't doing me good right now. I need to get a grip. I can't pass mm-hmm. out right now. So get a hold of yourself, Shelly. So I just kind of like took that, like kind of what that first one was of like, you know, how is this serving? It wasn't serving me. So I had to like decide to realize reality is this isn't good for me to get all worked up like this. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot, especially because have you had COVID at all? Have you gotten it? I got, I got it super early. I got December, 2019. I got the, uh, the, un, the unwatered down version and, and in hindsight, you know, of course, nobody knew what it was at the time. You know, now they're taking cadavers from that time and cadavers from this time. And they're comparing the tissue samples in other countries, not this one. And they're saying, OK, this was this was in our country at that point, too. Um, I realized now I had long COVID because I had it for quite a long time and I have permanent lung damage from it. So, yay. But to be honest, I haven't had knockwood i haven't had it since so and i've been exposed a lot too so i do think there's some uh weight to the natural immunity thing my friend got it at the same time too she hasn't had it since either and um she travels more than i do so i mean we both got it pretty good so (laughs) so i don't know about you but this is what i experienced because i didn't know what to experience I kind of was just like, okay, I'll just ride this wave. Like, I wasn't prepared for how mentally it effed with me. Yeah. And to be honest with you, at the end of the day, I don't think, like, it's not cool to have COVID, duh. But, like, being that that was my reality, the positive that I got out of it was, like, I feel like I'm a completely different woman, a thousand percent, because of, 
where I had, I, my mind went and I'm like, why is this going on? And I had to like peel the onion of myself. And that's why yesterday I felt weird. Cause I felt like, I just don't feel me. Like this is a little too weird. And then breaking down like what it can do into your body. And then I was like, ah, and so mm-hmm. I'm curious if you felt any way the same with your experience, especially you got so early, you didn't know what it was. You know, it's funny. I'm, st- I, I'm hesitant to admit that, but I know that my focus um, and my attention span and certain things haven't been the same since. And um, I chalked it up to graduating. I graduated from university in 2019. So I didn't have like somebody basically pointing a gun at my head, giving me deadlines saying this has to be in by 1159. Um so I, I know, you know, I got through three and a half years of school in actually three, three years and three months of school and four years, four years worth of school in three years and three months. See, that's my brain. So I was able to concentrate well enough to take in an, a, an advanced degree program and get through it and graduate with honors. Um, but now I feel like I'm all over the place. So I don't know if it's that or like concussions kicking in from before, but I know I don't feel quite right. Like the, the short, the memory loss, let's, I can see the words, but I can't get them out or I crisscross them. Um, like I went to, uh, I went to Bon Jovi a couple of weeks ago and my friend went to Billy Joel. So I kept saying I was going to Billy Joel and then my other friends corrected me. She's like, you went to, Bon Jovi. I'm screwing them up. And by the end of it, I'm calling it Billy Jovi. I went to Billy Jovi. So like, these are things I do that, you know, we laugh about, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're a speaker, it's frustrating. It's embarrassing. It makes you sound stupid. And when you're not supposed to be stupid, it's embarrassing. So yeah, I don't feel quite right. And this is now two and a half years later. So See, that scares me because I started noticing I think the, that's a good place to uh, to stop and kind of tease for next week because we don't want to know what Shelly's going to say about that. It's very interesting. I um, <clears throat> I COVID in September of last year, I guess around when uh, the Delta variant was, I guess. All it seemed like to me was like a, a pretty bad cold. A couple of days my voice was pretty iffy. But, uh, you know, I mean, I guess I if I think about it hard enough, I am more forgetful. Um, but I just chalked that up to age because, you know, I'm fucking old. But, you know, you never know. Uh, it's not one of the things I've heard most about COVID, but, you know, a lot of people got it. And a lot of people got different strains and variants and, and all that stuff. So, who knows? I don't know. It's crazy because, like, I had, I was very new of recovering from it when I had this interview. And when I was reviewing it before I sent it to you, I was just like tripping out on all of that. And it just kind of took me to that place. And what's even crazier is like, there's certain things in the house that'll trigger me to feel like I have COVID for a second, because like, for example, in my room, there's a bathroom and there was a certain soap that I didn't have until COVID. So sometimes when I smell it, all those feelings of COVID come back. It's so freaking weird. And it was the weirdest because like you, I felt like it was just really bad cold like um, thank god it was that's like i know some people got like really really bad and i was laid up but it was like you know just sleeping feeling drained 
um, you know, like a bad, bad, bad cold, almost like the flu without throwing up was how I felt. Yeah. But like when I was talking in there about how I was a different woman, I remember in moments like, <laughs> I don't know if it was from like quarantining myself in the room and like, I'm a person that loves to go outside, but I really did feel like I was really looking at myself under the microscope and I was like, this is weird. And like, I have this COVID thing and like, cause I had definitely have my thoughts on COVID and how the media presents it, blah, blah, blah. As do you, we have a lot of the same similar beliefs and all this. Mm -hmm. um, so it really did, it was a mind death. It really effed with my mind. Like when I had it and I was going through it, I felt like I was in the twilight zone, man. It was weird. Hey ma'am, they made that shit in a lab and they gave it to all of us on fucking purpose. Go look it up. Even the fucking, the head of the World Health Organization now says, yeah, it was made in a lab and yeah, it got loose and yeah, you know. We're super sorry or whatever. No, fuck you. You know what's interesting is that I have family members that were really like <coughs> going with the agendas and stuff like that. And they would give me and my sister heat because we weren't. And I just remember one family member in particular was like, I go by the science. I go about what they tell us. And then it's like, well, dude, look what's coming out now. Because when they said that, that was before I even got COVID. So it was a while back. So now that this stuff's coming out, I haven't said anything yet, but part of me wants to be petty and be like, so how about that? If this is what you believe, you believe the news, you believe what they tell you, you trust the government. These things are coming out. What do you think? But I feel it's a waste of my time and I just don't have the energy these days to go through it. But the truth always does come out. And I love how, like you said, it's kind of like they're just like, eh. Yeah. Eh, We're I had so many people on Twitter give me shit or unfollow me as soon as I started retweeting stuff about masks and vaccines and all that shit. One of them, I've never told this story before on my show, was a celebrity I interviewed, uh, Kira Kosserin. She was in the show The Thundermans on Nickelodeon. She's done some other stuff, too. I had her on the show. It was cool. But I noticed soon after like the COVID stuff started and all that and the stuff I was retweeting, she unfollowed me. I mean, she had like sent my daughter like, you know, like a happy birthday message, like over Twitter. It was like, you know, she we were, we were pretty cool with each other. And then I noticed, you know, and it had to be that because what else it would be? Me talking about weed. She knew who I was. I was Stoner Jesus, what she thought was cool in the first place and decided to do an interview with me. But um, after all that shit started, I've had people tell me like, you know, they couldn't like retweet my stuff anymore because of my political stances or, or some bullshit. Look, I was right. All you damn people were wrong. I deserve something for that. What? I, I don't know, but damn. I agree. And it's so crazy that with this stuff coming out, that they're just acting like it's no big freaking deal. Mm -hmm. Those same people, like, they know, but yet, like, they must feel dumb. Like, they just must feel dumb. Or I don't know if they just trick themselves into being like, well, they said sorry. I don't know. But it's like, what are these people that were so up in arms, like fighting with people online? Like it's if people disagree, who cares if you don't agree with like what somebody like you're somebody's following you and they don't agree with what you're talking about? Why? I remember seeing like these battles and people just 
talking crap to you. And it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> why? Like, why get so up in arms? And then how are those people feeling now? Like, and more stuff's just going to come out. So it's like, this is why I just, I, I love so, social media to an extent because it does allow you to an extent now these days to say whatever, but it's like, these people, it's just, it's almost like it's not even about what you're saying. It's just that they feel that they're right. And it's this whole like ego thing. And it's like, God, keep it, like go smoke, man. Go smoke a bowl. <laughs> they want to control you for your own good and make you do what they want you to do. And there's nothing more dangerous than that. People are doing things for your own good, supposedly. I'll worry about my own good. You worry about yours. We'll see how you we know, turn out. <laughs> You know, and here's the thing. It's like the energy I got off of when you would tweet, even when it seemed like you were upset, was like, you're just trying to share information. You're just trying to share, to give, there's two sides to every conversation. It doesn't mean you have to agree with both sides. It doesn't mean you have to agree with what you're saying. Like, it's just giving out more to the conversation. And it's like, people act like a bunch of little bitches, like little kids throwing these little fits. Well, if you believe this, then go ahead and unfollow me. Okay, bitch. Boop. Unfollow. Like, why? It's like these temper tantrums of these adults. And it's like, it's so annoying. And that's just where we, the day and age we live in. Okay. It was COVID and masking up and vaccines. And then in a few months, it's going to be something else. And then those same people are going to be up in the arms. They're not going to learn their lesson of, Hey, maybe there is two sides to the story. Maybe before I get all aggressive. And I feel like when you were giving people that side of the conversation, it's like you weren't hurting anyone in doing that. You ended up having to defend yourself. Like, you know, but you were just trying to get, whereas I feel these people, they're so mentally abusive online. So they're, they're harm. It's harm to me that they're just like, like there's this one chick. She's just like, always, I follow her still, but like, I met her through wrestling. She would tweet about like how she gets bullied for this, this, and this online. But then I saw her calling somebody that she disagreed with like names and all this. And I tweeted, I was like, you know, when you're calling someone names, don't be bitching that people are coming for you because like, you know, you went there, you went there, you went there and called people names, derogatory names. Cause they didn't agree with you. Like it's so. <sighs> Twitter used to be such a great place. Twitter was awesome. Like 2009, 2010, 2011. MySpace was dying. I know. Twitter was a place to be. Now it's just a bunch of assholes. I know. I miss those days and they'll never come back. Yeah. Even if they find a new platform to like be the new Twitter, Twitter will never be the same. And it makes me so sad. Like it's crazy. I'm so upset over it that like, I ended up writing MySpace because I don't have access to my old email I had with it. And they like recovered my account. And so I'm like poking around. I'm like, maybe I should just do MySpace again. That's right. Those were the days. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. Oh, all right, Shelly. It's uh, we have part two of the April interview next week, along with other stuff, stuff we didn't get to tonight, stuff that will come up in the ensuing week. All that stuff. Make sure you check out channelattitude.com. All the shows on there. They're awesome. 
including us. Subscribe, share, go follow us on Twitter, Instagram. It's been scrolling the entire show. You can't miss it. All the information you need is right there. And real quick, when I was trying to find that photo earlier, I came across this old photo of me and the undertaker at the WrestleMania party. And I can't believe that we haven't talked about this. So next week I want to talk about this photo that was taken because I've put it out there throughout the years and no one says anything. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So just a little teaser for next week. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Shelly. Episode two for channelattitude.com in the can, as they say in the business. In the can, man. (laughs) Adios. Bye.